Good morning, folks. And welcome you to the service and also welcome those who are online with us at this time of worship. We're glad that you even can join us online. And also thank the worship team. This is the second round they've been doing. I wish to see them at 5 p.m. also. <laughs> they will not sing again. <laughs> well, this morning I have entitled our topic, Following the Ways of Jesus. Of course, there are many ways. And one of the ways I will be touching on will be the servant king, the humility of Christ himself. And text taken, I've chosen two. One is on John chapter 12, 12 to 16. The other one is on Luke 23, 39 to 46. So let me uh, ask you to join me for prayer at this moment. Let's pray. Lord, we want to thank you for this wonderful moment of worship. And truly to thank you that this is a day that you have made for us, that we can gather on site, as well as those who are online, to join us in the spirit of worship. And we want to thank you that you have invited us to set aside our time to be with you in worship, to be mindful of your presence, and to know that you are here to bless us too. So we look to you for the blessing of your word to us over this time of meditation and even in the time of reception or membership later on. So watch over us, Lord, and give us a receptive heart to the prompting of the Spirit. In Jesus' name, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Well, I'd like to start something uh, with a sense of humor with us, and I'm sure that will be a welcome sign. Uh, we like something to brighten our lives uh, with all the news around us. So let me share with you this caption that I received just recently about a conversation that were two dear ladies were talking between themselves and their focus was on the grandchildren. Uh, very interesting. I belong to that category already. <clears throat> so one of the elderly lady by the name of Dolly, and the other one is Ruby. And uh, during the check, this is how Dolly, the first lady, will talk. The, each year I send a card and a generous check to my grandchildren. But sad to say, I don't have anything in return. No card was returned to me. No words of thank you were said to me. Then Ruby replied, I also did the same thing. I also sent a card and a generous check to my grandchildren. You know what happened? Lo and behold, within one week they receive, they call me up, they send me a card back, and some even make a trip to see me. Wow, Dolly was saying, so good, huh? how you do that? Well, very simple, because I never signed the check. 
some of the folks after the eight o'clock say, say, Pastor, I will practice that. <laughs> well, it's something to take home. Nah. The, the saying here is, you have a will, there will be a way. Nah. So, not sure how you see your grandchildren. I pray that you will do better. Nah. Well, this morning I have... Uh, prepare the meditation in three parts uh, something that we can bring home to uh, because in conjunction with the land season and also with the Palm Sunday so first thing is today we observe Palm Sunday a Sunday before the Easter Sunday to see the resurrection of Jesus so Palm Sunday is to see and witness the moment Jesus entered enter into Jerusalem. And so that Sunday, Palm Sunday. The second thought in mind is to bless those who are at the reception and baptism service at this moment. Uh, we miss you all at the 8 o'clock, but I'm sure you'll be here. And so there is meditation to share with you. And the third meditation I have prepared, uh, the point is on the land season concerning the weakness uh, passion of Jesus. Uh, normally we observe it through fasting and praying and uh, kind of abstain for food in a way to remember what the Lord has gone through at this moment of season. Because very soon will be Good Friday, going to die on the cross and witness his resurrection on the Easter Sunday. <clears throat> So I like to begin with this Palm Sunday, uh, first point as a meditation. And the passage is taken from the first text in John chapter 12. In fact, the triumphant entry, normally we will use the word, is uh, found in the, all the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. So I'd like to read to you from John text chapter 12. Verse 12 to 16, which says, The next day the great crowd that come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took the palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, meaning actually, save now. We welcome you. Come and save us. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. And Jesus found a donkey and set it on and it written. <coughs> Sorry, written means actually the prophecy that you can find uh, in the Old Testament, Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. Already prophesied about the coming of Jesus to Jerusalem. So do not be afraid. Verse 15 say, Daughter of Zion, see your king is coming, seated on donkey's cot. And then verse 16, at first his disciples did not understand all this. You see, sometimes the disciples are very blur. Maybe some of us also. Only Jesus was glorified that they realized that this thing had been written about him and these things has been done to him. So after the whole thing, then these disciples discover uh, the purpose of Jesus enter into Jerusalem. So, folks, this is the word of the Lord. So here you can see, from reading the scripture, the Lord was given a very warm reception 
they were shouting, a lot of noise around, waving the palm leaves. Uh, you know, in the some traditional churches, during this, the Sunday school kids will move around the sanctuary with the palm leaves, uh, celebrating this Palm Sunday with us. And also, the, normally we associate the word called the triumphant entry of Jesus. Now, I'm not sure how triumphant it was for Jesus. Because, according to the scripture, after he entered, of course, he continued to mingle around the people. I read a scripture before he was arrested and put on the cross. In fact, there was no celebration for Jesus. But then the people only recognized at that point that he was having a kingly figure, the Messiah, who come thinking that he would be the one to deliver them uh, from the rule of the Roman Empire. So they were so happy to welcome this kingly uh, figure kind of king into the midst. But they would never realize that Jesus' mission was not to rule the world at the moment or to proceed to sit on the throne, but he was actually put on the cross, not on the throne. But in the book of Revelation, if you read uh, the last book of the scripture, like chapter 19, you'll see the second coming of Christ. Yes, he will be the king of kings and lord of lords to rule the world, take his people, and you'll see the new Jerusalem and a new heaven altogether, and the people will be with him forever. And that's the way that Jesus will be set on the throne uh, to rule the world. And so here you can realize, I will put it, that he does not come to set the bondage free from the people, from the Roman Empire, the rule, but he comes to set the people free from the bondage of sin. And that will be a triumphant entry to me, that Jesus comes to us. So I ask myself, how do we learn and see Jesus coming to us in Jerusalem? I think the lesson, the lesson on humility is very clearly spelled out, simply because you see him riding on a humble donkey. Unlike you don't see him put on a chariot, or horses, or like a queen going out from a palace, <clears throat> the kind of situation, but he was put on a humble donkey. Uh, and the kind of low form of uh, transport or animal that provided for Jesus. As someone writes here, the entry of Jerusalem, as noted, is triumphant for Christ. Yes, it was prophesied that he will come. But then it was a triumphant of humility over pride and the worldly value, but with simplicity, gentleness, and meekness. That the figure of Jesus we can see as he enters Jerusalem. And you read further down in John 13, that's where he reveals to us, he even washed the feet of the disciples. And let me read to you John 13, 4 and 5. So he got up from the meal. They were having uh, supper together. 
in the midst of that moment, Jesus took up and took out his outer clothing and wrapped it around a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin, began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was right around him. Folks, you notice, washing the feet of the people or guests in those days was only done by their slaves. But you can see and imagine the surprise the disciple had at the moment. Jesus was the one willing to stoop down and wash the feet of the disciples. And you look carefully, you realize he did it alone. He took the cloth, poured water in the basin, took the towel and began to to wipe the feet of the disciple. He did not have anyone come to assist him. He did it alone. Demonstrating to us that he was prepared to go as low as a slave to serve the people. And this is a lesson he reminded the disciples in John 13, the same chapter, 13 to 15 of it. I have set an example to you that no servant is greater than his master. The Lord reflected to them saying, this is what you can learn from me. And finally he said, you will be blessed if you do them. In other words, be humble always. You want to be a master? Let's begin as a servant. You want to rule over others? Learn to serve first. But then unlike Peter, you know that he was one of those outstanding disciples of the time. He was so sure about his discipleship to Jesus. And he was so sure about his faith and said, Lord, wherever you go, I follow you. I even prepare to lay down my life to die for you. Don't even talk about serving the Lord. Prepare to lay down his life to die for the Lord. Then the same chapter in chapter John 13, 31, say, the Lord looked at him and said, Peter, before the rooster crows tonight, you're going to deny me three times. The Lord looked at him and said, don't be so boastful about your discipleship now. Watch your lives. Watch it carefully. You have a lot to learn. And true enough, Bible says a little girl confronted him and he denied the Lord three times before morning the cock crews. And Peter felt so sorry. So here is a lesson for us to remind yourself. Yes, we may think that we can be somebody for Jesus, but let us continue to walk the humble path for the Lord. I remember many years ago I served in another church <coughs> One of the brothers I met uh, spoke to me and his words still really remain with me. I remember what he said clearly to me. He said, first day I came to the church, I was put to serve drink. And I tell you, I love doing it. But gradually I realized he has been upgraded in a leadership position. 
but yet he was still mingling around and serving the people. And in the corporate world, he was somebody in the sense that working uh, in a managing post in a bank. Uh, but when he came to the church, he knows he needs to practice what Jesus was saying here. And he will be blessed. So here we realize in the church setting, we can be somebody outside the church. We do respect that we say to you. But we are all servants of the Most High. And we thank God. So you don't have to be a very prominent person or less prominent person to serve the Lord Jesus. Just remember that in a church setting, we are all servants of the Most High. As the Lord said, you will be blessed if you do this thing. Having the mind of Christ in you, be a servant all the way. So the entry, or the triumphal entry of Jesus was he just reminded people, I came to serve and not to be served. The second point I would like to point out here uh, is to address to those who are back, going to baptize uh, and receive into membership of the church this morning at this service. Uh, let me congratulate you first for having achieved this. I know it's not easy to go to the baptism uh, class. And some of you still thinking about this, give a try. Lah. Then you'll be here. Be blessed as a member of the church or witness your baptism together. But then we believe, as a church too, that you will not be a member until unless you got baptized simply because you might have a testimony to share about your conversion, how the Lord has come to you, how the Lord has touched you, how the Lord has transformed you. Then come and be baptized as a disciple of Jesus, that your faith will declare openly, and we pray with you and seal this faith with you in the name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And welcome you, a member of the local church. At the same time, welcome you as a family of God together. So easy, right? Try. When membership class is open, come and join us. But let me show you the encounter that the two criminals had on the cross uh, next to Jesus. In Luke chapter 23, verses 39 to 43, Particularly, he mentioned about how the response or responses came from these two thieves, whatever, or criminals next to Jesus. The first one in verse 39, or Luke chapter 33, was saying, One of them who hung there heard insults at him. He insulted Jesus. And he looked at Jesus and said, You call yourself Messiah. Why do you save yourself and save us? A very personal application. But the other criminal in verse 40 will say, rebuilded him. Don't you fear God? He said, seeing you are under the same sentence, that we are punished justly, or we deserve it, of our deeds and what we serve. But this man, 
Jesus, he did nothing wrong. In fact, it's true, he did nothing wrong. But yet he was there. Then he said to Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. That's a beautiful word, folks. Like most of the time, sometimes we say, don't forget me. eh? You know what to do. And so here I guess this man was saying to Jesus, Jesus, I know you. I want to believe you. Please don't forget me. Then the Lord's answer was, Truly I tell you, today, listen to the word, folks, today, you will be with me in paradise. Paradise, of course, referring to the heavenly kingdom of God. So here you realize that the second man recognized Jesus. That is the important thing. There was some argument, the critic was saying, how come so easy to go to heaven? But you ask around, many people still don't want to go to heaven. They want to be free men and women. They don't want Jesus. But it will be good that opportunity given to us. We say yes to Jesus. Just like this man. He was so ready. Yes, Jesus, do remember me when you are in your kingdom. Yes, the Lord said, today, you are with me in paradise. Free entry. It's a free gift. Spontaneous answer from the Lord today. You don't have to take a queue number. Or oh, folks, you don't have to go membership class also. If you know Jesus in your own way, heaven will be with us. No booking needed or confirmation about your desire. Just say the word of confession. Jesus, I know you. I want you and I believe you. And the response from Jesus will be, you will be with me in paradise. So it will be a good challenge for us to remind ourselves, have you received Jesus in your heart today? As opportunity given to us, don't delay yourself. At the end of the meditation, I would like to open for prayer for you. Just prepare. If you have not yet opened your heart to Jesus, I'll be glad and happy to pray with you. And for those of us this morning, you already received the Lord, especially those who are coming for baptism. We know your testimony that you have encountered the Lord one way or another. We bless you. and glad that you have made that decision and accepted the Lord in your life and now be a family of God's and the family of church together. My prayer with you, therefore, folks, our brother and sister in Christ, continue to grow and develop your Christian faith from today onward. Continue to give yourself to God with a membership vow that you're about to say that you are not miss church. Not so much your church wants you, but the church is a place for you to come for worship. Don't miss your worship. Don't miss your service. Don't miss your gift. 
of offering to the Lord. And don't miss the Lord in your service to Him. We want to serve. As the salvation motto will say, save to serve. Not save to sit. We are saved to serve the Lord. So this is a thought I have in mind uh, in this meditation with you folks, especially those who will be seeing you baptizing and receiving new church membership. Let me quickly move to my third point about the land season. As I said earlier on, it's a time to see how meditatively we see Jesus make his way to the cross. It's not easy, folks. Many will never know his feeling. But you read the scripture text, uh, you realize it was a very heavy moment for Jesus uh, from today onward, a Palm Sunday onward, as he entered Jerusalem before he resurrected on Sunday. It was a heavy moment for Jesus. And you can see him uh, went to the Garden of Gethsemane you can record it in Matthew chapter 26, having prayer and invited the disciples to be with him. While Jesus was praying, they were all sleeping. Uh, folks, will you be sleeping too? I pray you will not. You will pray along with Jesus in the way that he went through the cross. Then particularly, I want to point out to you in Luke chapter 23, verse 43, at the same context of all his prayer, it was said that he prayed and prayed until the sweat turned into blood drops dropping out from his forehead to the face. The picture given was it was so intensified, so earnestly in that prayer, I guess he was slurring the death before him. And I know, in a sense, as a human, it was not easy for Jesus to go through that moment of facing death together. And then when you read Hebrew text, Hebrew chapter 2, verse 14 to 15, you reveal to Ra there is a lingering fear of death. Not only for Jesus, it could be for us all the world. Hebrews 2, 14. Seeing the children have flesh and blood, and he, Jesus, do share in the humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him, the devil, who holds the power of death. That's the devil. Christ has proven to us through his death, he has overcome the devil, who, in verse 15, has enslaved us with this fear. And free those who live their life and help in slavery by the death of fear. All the while, this fear of death was the work of the devil in us. That we are enslaved to such fear in our midst without seeing the victory of Christ in us. So I want to ask ourselves this morning, do you have this lingering fear in you? I do have but not always. Because I look at the scripture, I know we had a victory in Christ. The death is just the beginning of the new life. 
And someone has written this way to describe this lingering fear with us. And let me share with you. And this is how he writes. We fear death because it is so final. We fear death because we are not sure what happens when we die. We fear death because it means leaving the world we know for another world we know nothing about. The unknown. I think it's very real to us, right? The lingering fear that is with us. So this morning I'd like to pray with you that although we may have this fear with us, that God has given us victory in Christ alone. As you say and learn that could Christ say we have defeated the enemy, the devil, who enslaved us for this fear of them. In fact, Christ will come and comfort us. Fear not, for he had overcome, and he came back from death to us. No one has done that before. I'd like to also end this time with this reminder, or this fear that we have, that this story will say that a little girl uh, taking a stroll with the daddy out of the neighborhood, and whenever she met people, she said, hello and so on, a very joyful lady, a young lady. So after a while, the daddy turned to her and said, Honey, do you know how to go home? The little four-year-old girl looked at daddy and said, I don't know, but I have you. Folks, God is our Heavenly Father. We may not know where we go after we leave the world, but we know He is there always and He will welcome us with open arms. So as long as you walk with the Lord, you know that you won't be alone and you won't be lost. I'd like us to sing this song together. It's alright because we can sing now, even your mass, a very old familiar gospel song. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. You all know this song, folks? Maybe the younger generation may not know. Yeah, you were not born yet when this song is on. Sorry, yeah, not to 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 you. Let's try and sing out together, folks. And let us sing joyfully. Shall we? This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven, open door, and I can't hear it home in this world anymore. Well done, folks. I believe you were born eh? when these songs were on. Thank God for this beautiful reminder.
that we have a home to go to after we leave this world. We always remind ourselves this is not our permanent home on earth. Heaven is a place that we belong, where God is. I'd like to enter time of prayer at this moment before we close. Conclusion on this. I have two pointers in mind. One is to pray for those who still have the lingering of fear or death in us. Now, this is not to embarrass you, folks, but I want to uphold you, liberate you up in prayer, that God will set you free from this bondage of fear. So let us now bow our heads and close our eyes in prayer. And so, you've opened for this prayer. You just raise your hand and put it out. Anyone? Don't be shy. Yeah, thank you. I see your hand. God bless you. God bless you. Any more? Thank you. God bless you. Now, this is not to really embarrass you, but to lift you up and see how God's Word continues to comfort you and to guide you. Any more before I pray? Thank you. God bless you. Okay, let us pray then. God, our Heavenly Father, we pray for the dear ones who have indicated for prayer to remove this fear of death in the lives. We know it has been a long struggle for some of us about meeting and to face death. But we want to thank you this moment. Your word comes as such assuring that it's life after death. And there is a new beginning for all of us. So I'd like to uphold it, dear ones, who indicated for prayer. And for many of us, we pray quietly in our hearts. The Lord, you will comfort us, strengthen us with the faith that we know there is eternity before us, that we are not alone. You will be there. And we want to thank you. Thank you for hearing our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And let us continue in prayer. I want to pray for those of us who yet to receive the Lord in your heart at this moment to guide you that you can be with Jesus in your paradise. So those of you who yet to receive the Lord at this moment, you want to indicate yourself by raising your hand up and put it down. I love to pray for you. Anyone? You not let us pray then. Lord, we want to pray for all of us who are here. We thank you for giving us the opportunity to know the Lord Jesus. That we know we have Him, we will have that eternity, the eternal life spent with you. And we want to thank you for accepting us, forgiving us our sins. And so it's a prayer that you will watch over us and lead us to be disciples of Jesus Christ all together. We thank you for hearing this prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Now let me close with prayer again for all of us and thank God for this meditation. God, our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word through this time of meditation. We believe you have spoken to our hearts and a source of encouragement to us. And we want to thank you that even though there is Good Friday, but there is also the Easter Sunday for us to witness the resurrection of life to Jesus Christ, our Lord. We want to thank you, Lord, that it's the beginning. Even we know you will end our life here. And we want to thank you for these words that come to us this morning. God said, continue to give us the faith, the living faith, to know that you are a living God. But strengthen us and grant us the wisdom to live a life glorifying you and learn to submit ourselves to your will and be obedient to you always, bearing fruit in our lives to serve you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.